Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. I think this is my favorite time of year. In terms of fantasy football or just yeah. real life? Well, I'm yes, but I mean, most of my life revolves around fantasy football, so it's all intertwined. Um, we're getting close to the... There's only a couple weeks left. Our trade deadline for our uh, home league is this Friday. We've got the playoffs that will be after that. I think it's just like also really good football season because you get the Thanksgiving games and then things really kick off in the playoff hunt. So I, th- I just find the quality of games increases. I think this is a great time. This middle time between Halloween and Christmas, I think, is a great time. Do you prefer our Thanksgiving, like where it is, or do you prefer where the Americans have it? I have never really cared about Thanksgiving. Like even even when I was younger, like I remember getting time off school and liking that, being like a pretty big fan of that. So I don't. I don't really care. Um, I like the American Thanksgiving for the football. Like, I really like that they do the games during the day and you can just, like, take it off. Like, I'm taking it off work to literally watch football, which, you know, it's nice that I can do that. Um, (laughs) I guess what I like about the Canadian football, uh, the Canadian one is the Canadian Football League does do a game on Thanksgiving as well. I kind of like that it's a long weekend for a lot of people. Like, you, you have, like, a Monday off. I think in America, I think they get the whole weekend, though. Like I think they get four days. I get a four day. I weekend. think that's right. Yeah, because we don't get that here, obviously. Like, and even for Thanksgiving in Canada, it's always on a Monday, so we get like a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, because they get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, right? Yeah. So I guess I can. I guess I like the Canadian one only because I actually get like time off without having to trick people into getting time off. This time I have to like I have to be sneaky. Hmm. I see, I, I see. Really, the type of job I have, I had to work extra hard these past three days to ensure I could have Thursday off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's really the same. Like I literally just worked an extra day, but I just did it in in the middle of three other days, so I could have tomorrow to watch some football because I feel like I've earned this break. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I uh, I don't have that option, unfortunately. I'll be I'll no. be working during it. And... <laughs> no. Just checking my phone sporadically, I suppose. Well, um, I mean, it's also trade trade deadline for us for our for our house league, and like most fantasy leagues, I imagine are getting down to the final few weeks. Like a lot of people do either fourteen or fifteen game seasons, or whatever that looks like. Maybe thirteen. Like I think we have fourteen games in ours, yeah. so we there's only three games left. Like there's only a handful of weeks left to make the playoffs. And that's exciting. Like that's, that's kind of the theater. That's, that's why I'm here. So I like these leagues. It's really exciting. I did not realize till recently that multiple people had double headers or like back to back games, I should say against people. Like you're playing the same opponent two weeks in a row and that's happening to someone else too. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah. The, the stupid schedule maker. So stupid. Yes. There's two other people who played last week. And are playing again this week. 
Oh, I didn't notice that. I, yeah. I, I guess I wasn't really looking at Reynolds' yeah. matches yet. Yeah. So there's so four people. Like, you're all just playing the same person two weeks in a row. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I've oh, never seen yeah. that happen. Yeah. I miss that because when I when I swipe across, they're, they're at the end of mine. Like, they're at the mm. far end. Um, yeah. Wow. And that, that other one has some pretty major playoff implications, too. It does. Uh it really does. And those two teams, I think, are actually, well, one of them, I think, is much better, but they they play quite equally in terms of their points recently. So, it like, I could see them splitting it, which could mean something. And if they don't split it, then it, it, I think it means something else for playoff potential. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's tight. It's, uh, it's, it's a tight league this year. We've got got a lot of potential people who can still make the playoffs. I don't think anyone's mathematically out of it, though. I think one team will be out of it this this week. But if but if I win, if I win this week, yes, you will. I think yeah. yeah, you'll mathematically eliminate someone if you win this week. But that's like that's it. Like I think that's the the closest to the end we've gotten, where no one's been mathematically eliminated. Like this is a pretty close year. Um, and you know, trades are happening. Buzz is happening. People are adding and dropping things. A few people thought you weren't allowed to add and drop people after this week, which is obviously. I, I wondered. I wondered <laughs> why you had to put that in the yes. announcement. <laughs> I was contacted by quite a few people who were like, "Wait, That's so awesome. with the deadline, we can't add and drop people?" Like, no, no, no. I, maybe I should clear this up. <laughs> you can still add and drop. It's you just should just let it happen. You should just let it happen. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't want to win that way. It would have been hilarious. Everyone would have been yes. like, what is going on? Everyone would have flipped out. You would have seen so many ad and drops in the, <laughs> the two days. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, well, it's still funny that you had to clarify that anyway. I did, yes. I had to send out a little message. So that's done. That's clear. That's clarified. I felt I, I need to do it just in case there's other people silently sitting there thinking, oh, I've got to make a bunch of moves Friday, Saturday. <laughs> And add players from waivers. Oh my! <laughs> well, did you watch? Uh, I'm just backtracking a bit there. But speaking of Thanksgiving and the CFL, did you watch the Grey Cup? I did watch the Grey Cup. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on a last-minute touchdown. Um, it was a very entertaining game this year. I thought. Uh, some, sometimes the games can, can, I will admit, sometimes the great cups can be hit and miss because weather being a big factor, but it was a clear day, cold, but clear. Um, and it was a very good back and forth game, but the Winnipeg was supposed to win. They were the best team all year and, uh, Montreal beat them. So it was a pretty good game. Yeah. I, uh, I was vaguely aware it was happening and then I got like a, I think I got like a TSN alert or something that they had yes. pulled off this last minute victory. I was like, ah, yep. yes, okay. That a means crazy, nothing to me. But... Yeah, crazy touchdown throw to a receiver right in the end zone. Barely got in. He just caught it in, in the end zone. Touchdown right at the end of the game. It was like okay. seconds left in the game. Are we talking? Oh, so like not like a Hail Mary. Like just No, that. no. They, they moved the ball down the field. And this was, I don't know, maybe like a 25-yard throw. Like, I don't okay. think, like, they were definitely inside the 30 when they did it. And the CFL fields are a little bit bigger as well. Um, so you kind of have to keep that in mind. But, yeah, I think mm-hmm. they were definitely, they had moved down the field. 
and killed time as they were doing it, scored the touchdown, and then Winnipeg, I think, had like a second or two seconds left. Like there was there was almost nothing left. Maybe one second. That's the way to do it. Yeah. They was very efficient. And Montreal had surprised the Toronto in the Eastern final. They weren't supposed to beat Toronto. They were the underdogs. It was supposed to be Toronto and Winnipeg because they were definitely the two best teams. So Montreal beat Toronto and then they beat Winnipeg on to winning the Great Cup. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty good, pretty good game. I highly recommend it. CFL football is great. If you're ever missing football, for our listeners out there who's just NFL fans, if you're ever missing it in the summer, CFL, you will recognize some of the names of people not in the NFL anymore or people who might end up eventually in the NFL. It's pretty good football. It's kind of a nice way to get uh, get your football fix in in the middle of the summer. That is true. It does start. It starts, what, a month earlier? A month and a half? It starts in June. Oh, two, mo- yeah. two whole months you, earlier. You get, uh, you get June. Yeah. yeah, you get June, July, and August. It's even before preseason yet because uh, in Canada, it gets cold here real quick. Usually. Yeah. We, we don't play <laughs> past November. It's too cold. You can't. <laughs> you really can't. No. There's been so many great cups in like blizzards and snowstorms. Boy, does that add a lot to, to the field, like the field conditions. It's kind of like what you would get in Buffalo, essentially. Yeah. But in November. But in November, yes. Instead of yeah. late December when Buffalo gets it. Yeah. Brutal. Well, that's our CFL news for the one and only time this season. Um, <laughs> hey, we can talk. Hey, I'm always down for talking more CFL in the off season. So we'll start a CFL podcast, I, and I will you, just have no idea what's happening. Well, I I managed for one for one year a CFL fantasy pool that was very similar to NFL. Only had like four five people in it because the CFL only has nine teams. So you can only I I've worked it out. You can only have a maximum of six people in it. But it was actually a lot of fun. Um, I don't talk to those people anymore who I did that with. So I've always wanted to, to, to do another one. <laughs> one of them is my father. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I don't talk to him. Uh, so yeah, I've always because wanted of the CFL to league or unrelated. No, it's because of this league. Um, no, so... I meant the other ones. <laughs> oh, oh, the other ones. No, no, it's just there. You know, you lose touch. But hey, okay. between you, me, and my dad, that's already three. I'd only need three more people. We that's could, true. You know, that's yeah. that's the start of it. We could have it, and that'd be interesting for you to dive into the CFL stats and see how you do. Yeah, I I would need to like do some serious off season studying, watch it's some tough. tape. Yeah, it's tough because they they really don't set their lineups till late, so you have to do the fantasy draft like right before the season starts, and they. You will be doing a lot of ads and subtracts and trades throughout the season because you're basically in a situation where the team will change. Because if they go to NFL camps or they get scouted or people get released from NFL camps and end up in the CFL, like you'll have halfway through the CFL season, people getting reliefs from the NFL and they'll join a CFL team and they'll be great, obviously, like they'll be excellent players and you'll want to grab them. So there's a lot of transactions I remember from the year we did it because you're always Jeez. trying to grab new players. Yeah, that's oh, mail. Yeah, that sounds that that sounds like it would be a, a wild ride. Um, but all right, well, let's dive into our NFL news for Week 11. Uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of season-ending injuries. Yeah, a lot of them uh, impacting me. 
directly impacting Mike's in one game in the first uh, drive, (laughs) the Thursday night. (laughs) Yeah, for literally the opening drive. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember I was watching that game like as I was getting ready for bed, and as I was like getting ready to turn it off, the Mark Andrews uh, injury happens. So I'm like, oh, that sucks. So I, te- I think I texted you like, I don't even know. I think I texted you in the morning. You texted me in the morning. Yeah, and just I, yikes. I watched most of that game, but I was late because I was at a meeting. But I was at a meeting at a pub that had it, had it on TV. And at the corner of, I was like recording the game. At the corner of my eye, I saw Mark Andrews go down. And I thought, is that Mark Andrews? Is that Mark Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> Please say that's not Mark Andrews. But like you can sometimes you can tell by half looking like the body shape, like you don't even see the number. Oh yeah. But you're yeah. like that's definitely a tight end. And uh, yeah, then I happen. I just said I gotta look. I've got to look. So I looked, and yep, there he was. <laughs> Meeting <laughs> ruined. Helped off the field. Luckily, it was near the end. Like I was leaving. I only missed like not even the full first quarter. Um, oh, okay. So it was right at the end. We were getting our bill. Uh, and yep, I thought, oh no. <laughs> It's yes. Andrews. So that's what I went to bed. Like that had just happened. And I was like, oh man, like he, he might be done just the way he landed and the way he was walk, hobbling off. I was like, that's at minimum multiple weeks. I, and then, I for sure thought the same thing. I thought at minimum he's out for multiple weeks. So then I wake up the next morning and my phone is just flooded with NFL notifications about Joe yeah. Burrow. And I was like, what? Yes. what? Yeah. So, so if you, if you woke up to that, like the Joe Burrow thing, you you would think that, oh, like with Mark Andrews, fine, because this is the main thing. No, Joe yeah. Burrow's injury is just so severe. They also have to talk about that. Like in this game, both Burrow and Andrews, gone for the season. Like it's it, absolutely wild. Like in one Thursday night, you know that ruined a lot of people's fantasy teams. <laughs> and, and their weeks. Like oh, what a way sure. to start yeah. your week off. Oh, and I think Mark Andrews, yeah, he made like one or two receptions. Like he had three points, I think. Yeah, when he went down. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he suffered a season-ending ankle injury, and uh, Joe Burrow suffered a season-ending torn ligament in his wrist, in his throwing Which, arm. So, did you see the the stuff about prior to to the actual game, him having something on his wrist? I like did, and okay. the NFL investigating it now, and I yes, think they are. The Bengals are going to get slaughtered. You think they're the going to get fined in some way, like lose well, a draft I, pick or something? I think I think a fine would be best case scenario for them, and like a heavy one at that. Yeah, because of how involved the NFL is now with sports betting and promoting it, and like the crackdown that they've had on players in, involved in gambling, like how heavy handed they've been that way. Um, because if because essentially, like, if they knew ahead of time that Joe Burrow had some sort of an injury, whether or not it was, because because I've heard their narrative is it was a different injury, like it was something else, like it was just like for, it was unrelated, but it, it still wasn't disclosed, and for that gambling affects, purposes, they have yeah, to. yeah exactly like that's part that of the affects sports books, yeah, like that's ma- that's a major major issue because of the sports books because of the deals they have with gambling even if it's not the same injury no one knew about it no exactly and so that's why i think that they are going to get slaughtered by the nfl yeah that and like that's what i heard was 
like insiders talking about they would lose a, like a first round draft pick, like which I, is I like that's that. a, yeah that's a serious thing to lose a first round draft pick, like that's huge. Oh do you yeah, really think that, they'll go that far? Like, do you really think that's what's going to happen? I think so to send a message, right? Because like, look at Calvin Ridley. Yeah, like, that was that was the first time anyone had ever been suspended for gambling, and that was a year right off the bat. Yeah. So I think this is something like they want to bring the hammer down right away and just prevent it from happening again, essentially. So I think I would be surprised if all they get is a fine. I would yeah, say I, like maybe yeah. not a first round pick, but I would say they're probably going to end up losing a pick. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a first round draft pick might be a little severe, but I understand because of their partnership with gambling institutions. Like I get, where where they might be coming from and wanting to establish like you have to disclose these injuries and fantasy is even a big industry for them like they understand they have to they, they can't let this happen so yeah I, I guess i could see it being a situation where they say we've got to crack down now so everyone knows how serious this is yeah exactly um kenneth walker suffered an oblique injury I haven't really seen a timeline other than they don't expect him to play in week 12 for that injury. The only thing I've seen is that he's he's not expected to play this week and he's treated beyond that as just day-to-day and they'll, they're going to reassess and see how it goes. I didn't think it was going to be much longer than maybe he's out a week or so, but I think it's still unknown. Yeah, that that kind of injury definitely impacts like a wide receiver more than a running back. And that's the same one that McCaffrey had. And I'm just trying to think. I think he only missed one week, didn't he? He missed one week. Or did he even miss the week? He might have just been on a snap count. Like, I think he played, but just was on a snap count. Like, I think they just weren't pushing him, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I can't remember if he missed that week or not. But I I feel like you're right. Like, he just didn't play, like, the full amount of snaps that we're used to. Um. But yeah, so ultimately it shouldn't be too much missed time for Kenneth Walker, like un- unless it comes out that he like tore something. But I don't. I think it's just a sprain or a strain or something, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, like I, I yeah, I don't. Uh, I from what I see, I don't think they expect him to be out too too long. But it looks like he's at risk of not playing this week. Like that's kind of the big thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't imagine that he will be there this week. I think that's just too quick from Sunday to Thursday. That's that's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooper Cup had a low ankle sprain. He's considered day-to-day and could return in week 12. I guess it probably just depends on the swelling, I would say, and how much mobility he has. Uh, Aaron Jones suffered an MCL injury. That's not expected to be a long-term injury. I think that's like less than the four weeks. Like I don't think he's going to be placed on IR for that. Uh, so that's good news because if you saw it, his knee bent real weird. Yeah. Um, obviously not as bad as how Nick Chubb Nick Chubb's bent because uh, he was kind of <laughs> falling as it bent, whereas yeah. Nick Chubb was fully on top of it. Um, yeah. And it had all of his weight. So I guess like he definitely got lucky that it's just the MCL and that the whole ACL was still intact. 
yeah, like they, that's a better chance of him recovering faster from that. Um, he was definitely lucky because we've already seen that impact another major fantasy player. So, yeah, I think all Cooper Cup owners can breathe a sigh of relief. Like, at least it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith suffered a tricep contusion, should play week 12. So I know there was a bit of a worry that he was going to have the same injury that Brock Purdy had from last year in the playoffs. Uh, but seems like it's just basically like a deep bruise. So probably jacked his arm up, made it hard for him to throw, but otherwise he's, he's fine. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Again, like by the time you listen to this, he'll have already played or he won't have played. But as of right now, the information is that he is going to be playing in the Thursday game. Yes, we did. We, as always, we don't have, uh, we don't know what happened in those Thursday games and the, uh, the Black Friday game either. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a, it's like a Friday afternoon game. Yeah. Well, this will be out before that. Won't it? Yes. Yes. Just, Not just everybody before listens, it. though, right on. Yeah, Friday. Maybe if you're listening Saturday. Um, yeah. We're just not used to a Friday football game. Uh, no, it's the NFL. first time. That's, yeah. So they're coming for every day of the week. Yep. As much as they can. Uh, Devon Achan is day to day with a knee injury. It's the same injury that played, or the same injury, same knee that placed him on the IR. He re aggravated it pretty much immediately into that game. Um, apparently, according to Mike McDaniel, he could have come back or he wanted to come back, but they wanted to play it more cautious and not let him come back. Who knows if that's accurate or not, but at the end of the day, he played like what one two drives i think it was two yeah and reheard it so that's not <laughs> not good. not a good sign for, no for him. no no and uh, dante foreman suffered a high ankle sprain i haven't found a timeline for his for what he's gonna miss no uh, i don't i don't know if you've seen anything but uh nothing yet no Okay, so good for Khalil Herbert, I guess, because he got pretty much all the work after that. So, uh, Justin Jefferson was not brought off the IR for Week 11 and is considered questionable for Week 12. Uh, they have the buy in Week 13, and then I, th- but I think he has to be activated before that. I think by November 29th he has to be activated or stay on the IR. Yes, and his season's so they're, done. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to activate him. I think. Um, how much he plays, I don't know. Like, I think, I think they're hoping they can get him a scenario where maybe you might see him at the Chicago game and he's either playing a couple plays or whatever, but he's around and then they can bring him back after the bye. So they've got to activate him and they got to get that going or yeah, his season will be over. So I think they've really got to make that this week. All I heard was he's questionable against the Bears. So I have a feeling they're going to try to just do the, oh, he's in the game, but he's not going to be playing much, but he's on, look, he's on the roster, he's here, and then really bring him back for his first full game after their bye week, which I think they play Vegas. Uh, my schedule doesn't want to load here. I think uh, it's, because I think yeah, it's they Chicago play the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders, yeah. 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 That's, that's what I think, I think is going to happen. Um, I don't know how Justin Jefferson owners are feeling. 
at this point. Yeah, that's uh, a tough spot to be in, especially if you're kind of counting on him to get you into the playoffs. That's a, a rough spot to be sitting at. Yep, I can think of someone who's <laughs> <Yep>. thinking that. <laughs> yep, 100%. Um, quarterback Zach Wilson has been benched for Tim Boyle, so Tim Boyle will be starting for the Jets in Week 12. So is that it for Zach Wilson? I, I would <laughs> I say like that's probably he- it. Yeah, like I, I definitely can't see them going back to him this season. And I feel like if any other team ever gives him a shot, he's really just going to be a backup. Like, oh, yeah. like yeah. you know, he, he, I'm sure he'll get a backup position, but I just feel like no one can trust him now. Like he just has not done enough to stick around. No, no, I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's on his own. This is a must win for the Jets. Like losing to Buffalo... If they lose to the Dolphins, go four and seven. I, like, I think they're in real, like, a lot of trouble. Like, I don't think you can come back from that. Not, not how close teams are in that particular conference, and even in the division. Like, I just think the Jets won't be able to catch everybody. They needed to split these games, win either against the Bills or the Dolphins, and they looked atrocious against a Bills team that also still looked atrocious. So. They couldn't even pull that win off. I I don't think the Jets have a chance. No, no, me either. Yeah, unless Tim Boyle can hit the ground running and ignite this offense, but well, I'm going to go with no. We've seen that though. Like one of the interesting we things have, this yeah. year is we've seen that. Like who would have thought that that quarterback from the Giants would have the week he did? Right. Like we've seen even jo- Dobbs, like Josh Dobbs, and how he's been playing. Like th- we've seen people come off the bench and and have amazing weeks on teams that are so, so, and the jets have some talent around them. So it's possible. I just, I really don't, regardless, I don't see them beating the dolphins. Like, I just don't think they can do it. Not, not with, not with this team and not with the way they're built. Like the dolphins, you cannot stop that offense. (laughs) Like they're just, when they get rolling they're they're unstoppable. Unless they're playing and, equally high-powered offense, and then they can't yes. do anything for some reason. Yes, which doesn't make Super frustrating. Yeah, But super those are not the... Yeah, th- those are not the Jets. <laughs> so... No, that's true. Uh, quarterback Desmond Ritter will be starting for the Falcons in Week 12. And the Steelers have fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. So who knows what we're going to get from the Steelers' offense this week. It could be... Could be better, could be worse, good, bad. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, optimism from some that the Steelers are going to bounce back now with, with the coordinator gone. I got to say, the Bills fired their offensive coordinator. I don't think their offense looked great. No, it did week. not get much better, no. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think with the Steelers, they do have like lots of talents around them, but it's obviously not clicking. So maybe they feel they can change up the schemes and see what happens. But I don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you can have all the talent in the world, but the player is not talented enough with with what they have around him. Maybe it's the quarterback. Maybe it is the receiving core. Maybe it's even though they've got two great running backs, maybe just the fit's not right. Um, sometimes you see that happening and players move on and do better in new situations. So we'll see what happens, but... I'm not I'm not super optimistic about them right now. 
No, no, me either. And finally, Packers tight end Luke Musgrave has been placed on IR. So another another tight end bites the dust for this season. And the uh, Packers, you know, they they were starting to get rolling here. I mean, they've been they've been in a lot of close games recently. They've won some games. Um, you know, they that kind of loss will be felt. Like sometimes the Packers are one of those just hit and miss teams. Sometimes they gel and they work. And but again, that's what happens with a young team, right? You get you get more streakiness with them. But um, I think I think the future looks pretty good for the Packers if they can continue to grow with this young core. But yeah, it's still it's always going to be impactful to lose another piece to your offense to injury, and that's like another tight end that you might be looking at. You could go grab, maybe you can get them off waivers, maybe you could trade for them, and uh, now it's another one on the IR. Yeah, this has just been a bad year for tight ends. Just like you're, even your all stars like Andrews is gone now. Uh, Waller gone. Wall. Uh, Goddard. Goddard's gone. Uh, Kelsey he missed one game at the start of the season. Um, but like like the guys that you normally count on, they're they have not been around. They've been getting injured. And TJ Hawkinson's quietly having a fantastic season. <laughs> That's a tight end. Like he's just doing it every week. <laughs> yeah, especially with Justin Jefferson gone. He's just exploded. Yeah. Uh, well, that is it for our news from week 11. So before we get into our conquerors and busts, just a reminder you can uh, join our Patreon, our Discord community. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash conqueredraft, or you can go to conqueredraft.com. We have our Patreon page on there. Get additional start-sit options. Get start-sit options for Thursday night games. Get uh, waiver wire targets, trade targets. Helpful to have around the trade deadline. Um, and you get uh, you get priority for any fan questions that you have. And you can reach us on social media through uh, Facebook, Instagram, X, or Threads. Or you can go to ConquerDraft.com. If you have a question, you can go to our podcast page and submit it through there. And so let's dive into our Conquerors and Busts from Week 11. So at quarterback, uh, freshly traded from Mike's team, Trevor Lawrence. Immediately. (laughs) Literally immediately after I traded him. (laughs) Immediately went on a fire sale. And had 36 fantasy points. He had maybe 36 fantasy points over the past three weeks combined. He has been such a pain to have because he'll get, you know, his, his high end was like 18 points. That was consistently like, he, you know, which is okay, but not great if you want to be a big contender like me and not what I drafted him to do. I thought he was going to be much better than that. And then he had so many low weeks. The offense looked terrible. This team looked like they had absolutely nothing going for them. I trade him and he absolutely goes off on a tear. And the the passing game looked looked incredible. Like he was doing everything. He was he was running touchdowns himself instead of giving it to ATN. He was throwing touchdowns to Calvin Ridley. <laughs> had like two yeah, catch, touchdown catches. Yeah. Like he he looked like what we were kind of hoping, I think, when you draft Lawrence or Ridley, what we thought this team could be. They finally looked at it for the first time, and they absolutely 
like crushed Tennessee. And they just they just were were unrelenting and Lawrence was a big part of that. Yep, just needed to be off your fantasy team for him to to get in that second uh, gear. That's been the way it's been for me, usually in fantasy. If they someone leaves my team and they have a great uh, they have a great time, I trade to get someone who's supposed to be fantastic and uh, downhill it turns out five downhill. points and seven points. Yeah. ATM? <laughs> Travis ATN. 21 points, 21 points, 24 points. Trades to me, five seven. Yep. <laughs> well, at least uh, Brock Purdy did good for you. He had 32 fantasy points. Yes, he is. He was my starting quarterback, and he did exactly what I needed him to. Uh, Justin Herbert, 29.7. Tommy DeVito the, with the upset at 28.5 fantasy the points. The pride of Brooklyn. The pride of living with his parents as an NFL player. He doesn't have to do his own laundry. No, and that paid off for him. He didn't have to worry about stuff like that. He could just go out there and sling the rock and finish higher than Josh Allen by half a point. <laughs> by half a point, but still. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Still higher. I mean, considering nobody expected them to win that game, let alone be even competitive in that game. So, hey, maybe maybe they'll turn it around. Who knows? Or the commanders are just that bad. I'm going to go. Well, with the that commanders. One. I mean, the commanders traded away their big defensive pieces, so like we know defensively, they're not great. So obviously, they are they are kind of that bad. But I think I think the commanders have been in closer games throughout the year. They've usually offensively can can stick with a team, which didn't really happen this time. So yeah, I mean, I think I think it was still a good game. He obviously, like, let's not take anything away from him. He obviously came in and did that. Is it sustainable? I don't know. To me, it sounds like one of those things that'll happen once and never again, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to go with never again. Uh, the busts at quarterback, it's just a hodgepodge of people you would probably not have started anyways unless you absolutely had to. Uh, we had Kenny, Kenny Pickett with five points. Dorian Thompson Robinson with six and a half, Bryce Young at seven, Zach Wilson at eight and a half, and Joe Burrow at ten and a half. So out of those five, Joe was probably the only one that you would have been starting. And he still outscored all the rest of them when he left. I think before, he left before halftime, didn't he? Yes, he, I think he was done before the half. Yeah, so in less than a half, he did better than all of them, so... That's why you gotta gotta get a consistent quarterback because you can't trust these these backups week to week, unfortunately. No. Uh, running back conquerors, we had Saquon Barkley. Um, just, I don't like he didn't have a very good game on the ground, did he? I think he just did really he well in the passing game. Two touchdown passes, I think. Yeah, I don't think his running game was great. Like I think it was okay, but he caught those two touchdown passes. Well, maybe maybe DeVito just realized, okay, I just need to throw it to Saquon and things will work out. Well, and he is he is a running back that has proven in the past is very good off off the pass, but hadn't been utilized that way with Daniel Jones. Like they just weren't they were they were using him on on the ground a lot, but they just weren't finding ways to get him the ball in other ways. And that is something that DeVito did very well. And that is something that happens when you have um 
when you have a backup or a rookie quarterback come in, the running back check down becomes much more involved. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be like, because we can't, we saw that kind of with Jerome Ford. Um, we've seen that with, with Saquon Barkley now, uh, but we kind of saw it a bit earlier too when, uh, t- when Tyrod came in. Um, we've seen it with like Gus Edwards. We've seen it with Devin Singletary with Damian Pierce being out. Uh, that that's more of like a backup to the running back. But when, when the backups come in, they kind of become like a bit of a safety blanket. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe see that moving forward with like Joe Mixon, uh, with with Joe Burrow going out. Um, I don't know if we'll see it with Brees Hall. Probably, I, I would I would imagine we're probably going to see it with Tim Boyle taking over for the Jets. So Brees Hall will probably get some dump offs. Uh, although he's already pretty routinely involved in the passing game, so maybe it won't be a much noticeable difference. Yeah, like I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Boyle going in is going to make much of a difference there. But yeah, you're right. Like you, you can see sometimes that bump up um, in either utilizing the running back a little bit more and a little bit in different ways when your backup or or your rookie comes in. So I think you know that happened, and sometimes people just do develop that natural chemistry. Like you do see that. So it, it also is possible that DeVito and Barkley just click a little bit better than than you've seen other quarterbacks uh, coming into to New York doing. Like we've seen that as well. Certain people end up getting favorite targets and we see that happen all the time. So that's another possibility. I don't think it's necessarily sustainable, but that doesn't mean, again, with Saquon Barkley, if they can use him and find different ways, he might still rack up the points. I just don't know if DeVito can match his performance week in and week out. No, I, I don't think so, unfortunately. Uh, some other running back conquerors, we had Jalen Warren with 22 points, Gus Edwards with 20, and Devin Singletary and Christian McCaffrey both had just shy of 19 points. Uh, some busts. This is the first time, I think, this year that we've had all fantasy, like, great options as busts so we had yeah Kenneth a couple Wo- couple of these guys had really <clears throat> rough weeks yeah and i two of them were based off of injury the other three didn't really have an excuse so kenneth walker and aaron jones both had just over two fantasy points both left very early with injuries uh, but Najee harris four fantasy points derrick henry just below five josh jacobs five and a half like those are probably core pieces of your fantasy team who did nothing for you, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think Josh Jacobs is still in the inside the top 10, top eight for fantasy, but Derek Henry's dropped out of the top 10. He's like top 15 now. Yeah. That so. offense has not been looking good the past couple of weeks. Like they've no. really, really dropped off except for like that one random good game. The Hopkins had. <laughs> yeah but the first one with that. will levis yeah <laughs> yes yeah 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 outside of that the, that offense has just imploded which is unfortunate because they have like a really good for receivers and running backs a great fantasy playoff schedule but you just can't trust them to do anything yeah and i mean I, they might they're playing carolina this week so hopefully you see a bounce back but to me that's that's kind of the type of game you got to watch really carefully because if they don't have a bounce back then, then you know, okay, they're in real trouble. But Tennessee, I think they've lost three straight. They're not looking good. 
they had the opportunity to make some trades at the deadline, but they decided to stay put and keep their guys. Um, and yeah, it's it's looking not great for them. But again, Carolina this week, Indianapolis next week. Like, there's some potential for them to get in to get going here offensively. So uh, I would keep a close eye on that. But yeah, I think if you're a Derrick Henry owner, you got to be counting on them having a bounce back week this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, some wide receiver conquerors. Uh, we had Kelvin Ridley at 27 and a half fantasy points. Tyreek Hill at 25 and a half. Tank Dell, 20, just shy of 25 fantasy points. Brandon Ayuk, 24 fantasy points. Keenan Allen, 22 and a half. Uh, so Kelvin Ridley is a surprise there. Tank Dell has been, has been doing this over the past couple of weeks, so not really a surprise there. And then the rest are all great options for fantasy, so... Some guys doing what you need them to do in order to push you into the playoff contention. Yep, that's uh, what you need. You need those guys to do exactly that. So there you go. Uh, unfortunately, we have AJ Brown only had one point three fantasy points, uh, and he played the entire right? game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a rough. Like, I know they stormed back, but like that first half was they did not play well. They did, it like did not look great. Like I know they had a much better second half but that was a rough start for them yeah i was not having a very good time watching that first half because i needed eight fantasy points from jalen hurts and he had negative fantasy points going into halftime yeah that's that was rough i was like oh my god are you kidding me and then every time he yeah i was like every time he got tackled though i was like oh my god (laughs) what if he gets hurt (laughs) that's the thing like you one you gotta hope he doesn't get hurt in a game like this and then two, coming out of that bye week, you have to just hope, okay, it's the bye week blues, like a little bit slow, big game against Kansas City. After the bye week, the latest game in the week, like everyone's routine's a little bit different. You got to hope that's all it was. And I'm sure it is. Like, I think this offense will will bounce back. But that second half was much better. Like they came out, they looked a little bit better. Certainly Jalen Hurts had a better second half. Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as he got that first rushing touchdown, I was like, okay. Now I have as many points as I need, but now I need a bit of a buffer in case he throws another interception or something. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just one big throw, like anything. And then a drive or two later, thankfully I got it. But I was like, oh my gosh, like I should not mm-hmm. have had to wait until almost the end of the third quarter to get eight points from Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And that's like, you wouldn't expect that. Oh, th- three quarters in, he only has eight points. Like that's completely against him. And again, like same with, you know, AJ Brown not having a good week. You know, you got to look at it and be like, okay, it's probably just out of the bye week, bit of a rough start. Kansas City's a really tough team, Super Bowl matchup. This was going to be hard. I think it's a good sign overall that that offense finally found its legs and was able to come back and win the game. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of it was just Kansas City knew A.J. Brown is the main guy, so... Totally. Jalen Hurts just kind of had to switch to the other options, yeah. like Devonta Smith. Yeah, and and like you're not always going to see that happen. I mean, the the next three weeks are a tough schedule for um for for Philadelphia, but the final three weeks are much better. So you got to kind of look at that and play the odds a little bit. But yeah, you've got to assume you're going to make it work. The thing about Philadelphia is with even with you know they've got two decent running backs, Smith. 
you know, they've got a lot of different options that they can use. You can get people double covering one person and then other pieces end up doing better. And then the next week it'll switch and suddenly oh, Swift gets shut down and then AJ Brown has a great week. So to me with these high powered offenses, it's less concerning. It was just, you know, it's unfortunate that AJ Brown, you know, you probably were starting him and he just didn't do much for you. Yeah, like he was the wide receiver three going into the week. So he 100% was in your fantasy lineup. And yeah, just unfortunately didn't didn't go his way. Uh, Cooper Cup had 1.6 fantasy points. Marquise Brown, 2.2. A couple of other big games. Now Cooper Cup obviously left with an ankle injury. Uh, Deontay Johnson had 2.6 and Tyler Boyd, 3.7. So the... The magic of T. Higgins being gone. Well, I guess also losing Joe Burrow didn't really help. Yeah, either. I think if Burrow had stayed in, it's it's different. But losing losing Burrow like that, even with Higgins gone, yeah, they just didn't have much. I mean, again, like Chase would have been on this list had he not caught a, a touchdown late, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And got yeah, like nine no, points right. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, some tight end conquerors. We had George Kittle, just shy of 19 points. Josh Oliver, 12.7. Travis Kelsey, 11.9. Stone Smart, who I don't even know who what team that's. I got to look that back up. I don't even know what team he plays for. Uh, yeah, that's... The somebody. Chargers. The Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers, yeah, yeah. He's like the third tight end on the Chargers. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. just out of nowhere, had a 51-yard touchdown reception. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, Dalton Schultz, 10.2 fantasy points. Continues his good season. Yeah. Well, CJ Stroud has been on fire, so his, his options are, are working out. I tried so hard to get him. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. So hard. Uh, that's too bad. Uh, well, now you get to roll your dice with Taysom Hill, so, you know. Well, there's still time. There's Okay. Still two days. There's two days. There's two days, yeah. Uh, Noah Fant, less than a point. Chikozim Okonkwo, just over a point. Same with Pat Fryermuth. And then Tyler Higby and Tyler Conklin, both over two points, barely. So the downside of if you're forced into streaming a tight end weekly, you get performances like that. Yeah. All right, let's dive into our starts and sits for this week. Uh, Mike, why don't you start with your quarterback? Okay, my quarterback start this week is the one and only Josh Dobbs. With all with all the games this week being being early, like I'm I obviously we're only like looking at Sunday and Monday. I, I don't think this primetime game matters as much without Kirk Cousins in there. I really don't think there's gonna be that same Vikings primetime curse. This is the last game after a long week of football. They've got a good, a pretty decent opponent in terms of the Bears. That defense hasn't been great. Their offense is back, though. So I'm expecting some, some offense to finally get going in Chicago. So I think Dobbs will be throwing the ball a lot. I think he's a really good starter. If you're someone who had Burrow, maybe Stafford, who hasn't been playing the way you want and you need a QB in there, start him this week against the Bears. And my start of the week is Matthew Stafford. I think uh, he'll be able to build off of the kind of rough outing that he had in week 11 in a very easy matchup against the Cardinals defense. Hopefully he has Cooper Cup out there, but if not, I think he'll be able to rely on uh, Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua to help bolster his offense and 
I don't think that they're going to have a hard time beating the Cardinals. I think they will have to put some points on the board because I think Kyler Murray uh, and James Conner will be able to uh, to keep pace with them. But uh, I, I do think Matthew Stafford will have a much easier time than he did last week. Shouldn't you? So you're betting against yourself here, aren't you? Aren't you playing Matthew Stafford? Shouldn't you be hoping? Unfortunately, he has a yeah. Well, but I, I also have Cup. So as long as Cup's right, in, right. So as long as Cup's the one that he throws to, yeah, then it's fine. He can he can throw 16 touchdowns for all I care. Yeah, so as, as long, long as, as it it's goes Cup. To the, the yeah. yeah, but yeah, if, if Cup's if Cup's out, then yeah, I hope he sucks and my pick is wrong. Um, I worry about Stafford, but but with the age and some of the issues he's had. But yeah, I mean, I could see it. It's a good matchup. Definitely a good matchup. Uh, my, my quarterback sit is the Russell Wilson. You might be a little high on Russell Wilson right now. Cal- calm it down. Even in big wins, he doesn't get that many points. He's going against a really tough Browns defense. And I believe in the Browns here. Like I, I know they've got their quarterback in, but like they're winning close tight defensive games. Their defense is still really good. They've got a lot of offensive weapons around them to keep games close so they can keep that young quarterback going. I don't think this will be a good matchup for Wilson and the Broncos. I think the dream ends here and the Browns beat the Broncos, really putting a damper on their playoff hopes. And my sit of the week is uh, Tim Boyle because oh, uh, the easy one, the the layup <laughs> sit of the week, yeah, going up against the Dolphins, uh, very much improved secondary, and they're going to be playing from behind. So yeah, don't uh, don't play a Jets QB for the rest of the year. Essentially, yeah, Dolphins are going to crush them. Uh, my running back start of the week is Ramondre Stevenson going up against the Giants. That is a great matchup for uh, for running backs. And I think the Patriots are going to be able to pull out a win here, and they really need one. Uh, I don't think they're technically mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet. Not technically. Uh, but it's a fine, fine. Like I'm pretty sure it's like they have less than 1% chance of making the playoffs, so... They need a big win here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my my running back star of the week is Alvin Kamara. Um, this talk about a must win. So the Saints, first place in in the NFC South. They're playing the second place team, which is the Falcons. A win here basically is like getting two wins. Like you can you can go up by an extra kind of point by by having that team beating them. I like I like the matchup. I think the Saints are sitting here going. This is a weak division. We have a chance to win this division. We've got to win this game. I expected to come out absolutely flying against the Falcons on the road. And I think Kamara is, I honestly think this is like a 30 plus point game for him. I think he's going to have multiple touchdowns. I think they're going to come in and just try to squish down the Falcons and say, okay, we're the dominant team. We're going to take this division. So I'm saying going, go for uh, Kamara, even though they're on the road. Yeah, that's fair. I think he's going to have a good, good week too. Uh, my sit of the week, Javante Williams, another Bronco. This is just a very bad matchup for for running backs. Uh, Cleveland's offense is kind of bad as it has been. Uh, their defense is still just as strong, and uh, especially against the run game. So I think that the Broncos are going to have to go through the air with Russell Wilson. Whether or not that'll work out remains to be seen, but I definitely think that the ground game is unfortunately going to struggle. Yeah. So I would say you want to leave Javante for this week. 
Uh, my sit of the week is Josh Jacobs going up against Kansas City. That's going to be a really tough game, I think, for the Raiders. The Raiders are one of those teams that if they really can't get it going early, they just implode offensively. I just don't like their quarterback situation. I think they had a lot of talent and possibility for, for this season. It's all kind of gone away. The Chiefs are going to destroy them. Uh, so sit Josh Jacobs this week if you can. And my wide receiver start of the week is Tank Dell. He's been on fire lately. He seems to be making the most of his connection with uh, with CJ Stroud, especially in the deep passing game and in the end zone. And they're going up against the Jaguars, who this could end up being an extremely high-scoring game if we see the Jaguars from last week. Um, but it could also end up just being the, the Texans just beat the Jaguars down. And either way, that works out well for Tank Dell. So I think you can start him pretty confidently this week. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, my uh, my start this week is DJ Moore going back to that Chicago Vikings game. I think he's the one that Fields has the most connection with. If they're going to score, if they're going to do deep passes, it's going to DJ Moore. I think the Vikings defense isn't exactly the best defense uh, in the NFL, so I do expect they can both be scoring. And as I said, I, I think it matters that the spotlight won't be on them quite as much. Lots of spotlight on thanksgiving this extra friday game i think by the time we get to monday they're going to feel a little bit less pressure um and it's they can come out gunslinging so dj Moore, keep him in your lineup this week yeah i was interested to see if they could pick it up back where they left off when justin fields left and obviously uh, Moore had a decent week in week 11 so yeah i i like that pick my sit what I said? I said so do I. <laughs> well, I hope so. It's your pick. <laughs> yeah. My wide receiver sit of the week to pair with my quarterback sit of the week, Garrett Wilson. Uh, he has not done very well lately with Zach Wilson, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to improve with Tim Boyle, especially in this matchup. So I would leave him on the bench, and honestly, like. If your trade trade deadline hasn't passed yet, well, you, it's probably passed by the time you're hearing this. But if not, I would maybe see if you could find someone to take him off your hands because they don't have a great uh, fantasy schedule, I don't think, for the playoffs. And he doesn't have a competent quarterback to throw it to him. So I would maybe part ways if you could. Yeah, I think that's a good call. My sit is Stefan Diggs. I think Buffalo, you know, they had a bit of a bounce back week, but their offense still did not look good, and they're taking on the Eagles. This is this is going to be a really tough game for them. I really don't see them being able uh, to score. I know they'll lean a lot on the pass. The Eagles are so good at stopping the run. They're going to try to get the ball out to Diggs, but they're just going to cover him. Like It's been proven week after week. Allen will use Shakir or Davis or even Kincaid and like use someone different each week. I really don't think Stefan Diggs is going to get a lot of opportunities. I, I know it's a hard sit because he's been so good this year, even in bad games. I think you got to sit him this week. It's a bad, bad matchup. All right. My tight end start of the week, Dalton Kincaid. And Mike, you made most of my argument for me because I think they're going to focus on Stefan Diggs. And I think as the number two option, Dalton Kincaid is going to get a lot of passes this week from uh, Josh Allen. And uh, the Eagles have, have let tight end score on them. So all in all, I think this is a pretty good, good matchup for him. And uh, 
he's shown over the past few weeks that he's he's very valuable uh, in that secondary role behind Diggs. My start this week is David Nujoku. Uh, I think in terms of, of a tight end, he is a household name. He's been very, very good, but obviously with the injury quarterback situation, then it kind of hit and missed there. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to stabilize things a little bit. He's shown a, to have a little bit of chemistry with this new young quarterback. I think just like we talked about, the checkdowns to the running backs and utilizing those tight ends are two easy things that you can do coming off the bench as a quarterback. They've got an extra week under their belt. I do think they're going to have a good game, and I think he's one of those weapons that you can put in this week. I expect a good game for Njoku. Yeah, if I didn't take Kincaid, I would have been going with Njoku too. That's a, a great yeah. matchup this this week for him. And my sit for the week, Tyler Higby. Uh, I don't think he's going to benefit from this matchup, unfortunately. I think it will be primarily going through Kyron Williams, Puka, and Cup if he's available. I think Higby is... He couldn't make the most of Cup being gone. He couldn't make the most of Kyron Williams being gone. So I think he's just like the fourth, fifth option at this point, and he's not going to do much for you, so leave him on the bench. And my tight end sit is Dalton Schultz. I know he had a great week last week. This is going to be a bit of a different matchup for them uh, against the Jags. I think C.J. Stroud's going to have to really extend the field. If the Jags' offense is even a pale <laughs> comparison of what they were last week, if they show any signs of that, then he's going to have to sling it, and I think he'll want to use uh, Dell and uh, Nico Collins more so. So I think this might be one of those down weeks after a good week. So if you have another option, I would say keep Schultz on the bench for this week. All right, and that will do it for our Week 12 Starts and Sits. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe.